Well, how many know making your way in the world today sure does take a lot. Taking a break from all your worries. Come on. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Sometimes you just want to get away. Don't you? Sometimes you just want to get away. To a place where everybody everybody knows knows your name. name. And they're always glad you came. You You want to be where you can see troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. I know that's a theme song to a, well, a a show that talks about a different type of community. But when you think about the words of that song, in this world, there are troubles. In this world, there are difficulties. In this world, we all have worries, don't we? And how good it is to take a break And I love what the psalmist says. He refers to the sanctuary of the the Lord, the, the house of the Lord, as a place of refuge. A place of safety where you can come in from the trials of life and the difficulties of life and the worries of life. And you can come into a place where you're not anonymous. You're not anonymous before God and you're not anonymous before one another where we should know your name and someone comes up to you and says, Hey, Bill, how are you doing? Hey, Phil, how are you? Hey, Mike. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Charlie. How are you? It's a safe haven. Today we're going to finish up the series on Anonymous. And we kicked off this series by reminding you that slaves have numbers, but people have names. Children have names. I think of that song, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Aren't you glad you're no longer a slave to sin and that as a child of God, you don't have a number, but you have a name. Two weeks ago, Pastor Matt shared on how sometimes uh, how God changes people's names and how names determine identity and identity determines uh, destination and, and it was so powerful when he started labeling himself. Sometimes we put labels on ourselves and, and sometimes others put labels on ourselves. Sometimes we're, we're called a failure. Sometimes we're called an addict or, or sometimes we're, we're broken. And, and as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking of what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 16, uh, chapter 6, starting with verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. 
neither the sexually immoral or the idolaters or the adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Don't you love that? That is what some of you were, past tensed. But God has given you a new name. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Aren't you God, glad God has given you a new name as a child of God? And if you don't realize it by now, if you don't realize it by now, I hope you get this. That God loves you. God loves you. As we said last week, as we finish up this series, that behind every name, there's a story. Behind every name, there's a story. And we started to look at the 16th chapter of the book of Romans. The first 15 chapters, Paul writes to a church that's divided. Paul writes his longest letter of some deep, deep, deep theology to unite the church at Rome, a church that he has never visited before. And when he comes to the end of chapter 15, it almost seems like he closes out the chapter. It's almost like he's ready to finalize this, this letter. But then, as I said last week, he he gets his magic mirror and he looks into the fellowship hall of the church in Rome and he starts to see all the people, all the significant people, all the stories behind the names. And before he closes the letter, he starts saying, greet Phoebe, greet this one, greet that one. And there's a list of 28 names. And last week we got through eight of them. So in your head, you're doing the math. That means we have 20 more. Fasten your seatbelts. Let's go. Greet Eubanus and our fellow worker in Christ and my dear friend Stachys. Now, two interesting Greek names. Eubanus actually means from the city. Refine. Polite. Stachys. I, I, I'm starting to like that name. You know how sometimes maybe you always wanted a name change and someone says, hey, if you could change your name, what would you change your name to? I am Stachys. I just thought it would be a good NFL football name, Stachys, you know. Stachys is a very unusual, not a common Greek name. That means ear of grain or ear of corn. And as I started to think, why Paul perhaps put these two together in a group? I'm thinking, here they are, very opposite. One from the city, one from the country. One a white-collar worker, one a blue-collar worker. And I believe what Paul is doing, he put these two opposites together to say, it doesn't matter whether you work in an office or whether you work in a field, 
I need you to be salt and light wherever you work. Whether you work in an office or in a field, it doesn't matter where you work, what you do. You're not anonymous before me. I know your name. I need you to be salt and light wherever you work, whatever you do. When I think about being a light of the world, what does a light do? A light attracts. What does salt do? It creates a thirst. And Paul is saying and reminding the church that whether you are a blue-collar worker or a white-collar worker, whether you work in an office or out in the field, no matter what you do, you need to be a light that draws other people to me. And you need to be salt that creates a thirst for people to hunger after me. You're not anonymous, guys. You're Banus and Stachys. He says, greet Apelles. Now, what's kind of interesting, as he's going through his name, these names, it's, it's almost like he, he mentions Jewish, and then he mentions Gentiles. Then he mentions Jewish, then he mentions Gentiles. How many know that the church is made up of all? Greet Apelles. Tested and approved in Christ. Kind of interesting words to describe Apelles. One translation translates it this way. Whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. What is Apelles? I believe Apelles is a veteran believer. A veteran believer who has gone through the difficulties and the trials of life. Who's had a difficult life but has remained true to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say something Thank God for all of you who have been tested and tried and you have remained true. You're not anonymous. Sometimes when we go through the trials and the difficulties and the hardships of life, sometimes we get the feeling that perhaps God has forgotten about us. But here is a palace who has been tested and approved. And God's saying, you're not anonymous. I know your name. And let me also say this for those who have been tested and tried and you're still faithful today. Do you know what a witness you are to the rest of those? Hey, in this world, we will have trouble. In this world, we will have difficulties. In this world, we'll have all different kinds of trials and testings where maybe perhaps you think God has forgotten about you. But you know what I was remembering this week? I was remembering Hebrews chapter 11 where it talks about great men of faith like Abraham, Moses, Noah, and then it lists some others and even lists ladies who, whose their, their loved ones have been brought back to life. But then all of a sudden, in, chapter, in verse 35 of chapter 11, along with the great heroes of faith, you have the other side of the corn, those who have been flogged, those who have been beaten, those who have been murdered, killed, for the sake of Christ. Those who have stood the test of time and have remained faithful to me. 
And then chapter 12, verse 1 says, therefore. Therefore? What's the therefore there? Therefore, as you remember all the heroes of faith and even those who were martyred for their faith, therefore, since you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, aren't you glad that when you come into the house of the Lord, you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, veteran believers who have been through the test of times and have stayed true to the Lord. What a witness you are. And I was thinking of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, where it says, Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles with the comfort we received ourselves from God. Aren't you, aren't you glad that, that you are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses? Just look around this morning. There are those who have been through the storms of life, but are still remain true to God and the comfort that they have received, they can now pass on to you through the storms of life. You're not anonymous. Greet Aristopolis. Well, it doesn't say greet Aristopolis, but greet those who belong to the house of Aristopolis. Now, this is an interesting one because it doesn't say greet Aristopolis because it's perceived that Aristopolis is now deceased. But Aristopolis, the, the name they believe, means that they have come from the house of Caesar. From the royal palace. And when Paul writes to the church at Rome... Yes, even though Aristopolis is deceased, his family members still remain in predominant places in the royal palace. And they're not anonymous. And this is how this passage spoke to me. Not everyone in Washington, D.C. is corrupt. Not all politicians are corrupt. But do you know there are politicians who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and take a stand for their faith. And we must remember them. Don't let them go anonymous, but remember all the politicians who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who can be an influence in Washington, D.C. Greet Herodian. My relative. Some translations will say, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Now, now there, there's my, my Jewish brother. There's a split here. If you can read all different commentaries, you can read all different word studies, you, you can study this, and, and some will say that this is a blood relation to Paul. Others will say it's a brother in the Lord. And, and I just want to talk about blood relations for a moment. Because in every church... There are blood relations, aren't there? And even though they may come along for the journey, they're not anonymous. You know, I, I, I thank God that my wife chose First Assembly of God to attend. Well, does she have a choice? <laughs> but she's not anonymous. 
My children are not anonymous. Your family is not anonymous. Maybe they come along for the ride, but they're not anonymous. God knows their name. Thank God for family members that you can sit around and remember. Greet narcissists. Greet those of the house of narcissists. And once again, he doesn't say greet narcissists because he's not a believer. But there's proof that three or four years before Paul actually wrote this letter to, to Rome, uh, Narcissus has, has, dis, has died. He, he was executed. When I think of this, we remember the households of those who have passed on before us. Think about this for a moment. There are those who are no longer with us, but they're not anonymous. We continue to pray for their household. Boy, when I think of people like Ed and Jackie Allard, we need to still pray for their sons. Boy, when I, I think of those who have gone on before, how there are people you can't replace. Did you know that? You can't replace a Paul Doretta. For some of you, you may not even know Paul Doretta, but Paul Doretta was a very unassuming individual. He held his credentials with the Assemblies of God. But Paul was a source of encouragement to me like you wouldn't believe. There were many days he would be at Perkins every morning eating breakfast, and on his way home from Jackson a couple days a week, he would stop into my office and say, Hey, Jeff. Hey, Pastor. How you doing? And sometimes he would reach in his pocket and say, Hey, I know you probably know a family in need. One, can, you, can you help them? And, and he had a waitress, a young girl from Brazil, who came over to America to try to better her life. It was Paul who paid for her entire college education. Hello, somebody. There are people who have gone on before us, but we still remember their household. Can I paraphrase this for a moment? Greet those in the household of Joan Maselli. That works, doesn't it? Yeah. There was never a better pastor person, Pete, than your wife, man. She was such an encouragement. She was such an inspiration. She never had any mean thing to say about anyone. And she was such an inspiration to me of constantly encouraging and speaking words of affirmation. Yes. Those people are not anonymous, man. We still remember them. Well, here's an interesting duo. Uh, Dominic, you ready for this one? Because this one applies to you. I'm going to paraphrase this for a moment. Greet Francesca and Savannah. What am I saying? 
Francesca and Savannah are twin girls that have just been born to this church. Are you seeing it? Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. The names indicate that these are twin sisters. Greet Tryphena and greet Tryphosis. Those women who work hard in the Lord. Now, what's so funny about this is Tryphena means delicate. Tryphosis means dainty. Greet delicate and dainty. <laughs> Greet delicate and dainty. And what are they noted for? Their hard work. There's more to you than what the eyes see. You may look at delicate and dainty as two insignificant people physically, but despite their physical, maybe, disabilities, they worked hard for the Lord. I often think of the words that Paul wrote to Timothy. Don't, look any, look, don't let anyone look down upon you because of your youth, but set an example before them. So here's Miss Dainty and here's Miss Delicate, twin sisters, who despite their frail bodies, worked hard for the Lord. Boy, check this next one, next one out. And greet Persis. Greet my dear friend Persis. Another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Hey, ladies, if you're not getting this, listen, ladies. Go back to last week. Who worked hard for the Lord? Mary. Now we have dainty and delicate, and now we have Paris. Ladies, all of a sudden, this should be one of your favorite chapters in the Bible. Genesis, uh, Romans chapter 16. Who are all the hard workers? Women. But this one is very interesting. Greek Persis, another woman. Note, who has worked, past tense, very hard for the Lord. Now, it doesn't say greet her household, but we believe that Paul is saying this. Here is one who is still alive, who worked, E.D., very hard for the Lord. But in this season in life, she can't get out as much as she would like to. She can't do the things that she can do anymore. Are you getting it? God bless our seniors. God bless our shut-ins. Just this week, I, I talked to Mary Ann and Martin, and uh, she was waiting at... Bill was always a big, strong boy, one of the hardest workers in the church. And it broke my heart to hear Marianne say they're waiting for his oxygen to come, that he's on oxygen now. He walks with a walker. He sleeps most of the days. And Marianne was just, she said, I'm waiting to go back for blood transfusion. Marianne, who was on the board, Marianne, who led the intercessory prayer for all those years, Bill, man, I mean, Bill, who maintained all our vehicles, Bill, who, I mean, Bill, 
Let them never be anonymous. Let them never be forgotten. God knows their names, and we know their names well. Thank God. Rufus. Oops, get me back here. Greet Rufus. I started laughing because as a kid, we had a cat who was kind of like reddish-orange. My dad named him Rufus. Come here, Rufus. Come here, Rufus. Because Rufus means red. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me, too. Now, I don't know if you're going to catch the connection. But when Christ was being led out to Calvary, he was carrying his cross and he became too weak to carry it. And the Bible says that they commissioned Simon from Cyrene, Cyrene, whose sons were someone else and Rufus. It's believed that Rufus is the son of, um, who did I just say? who carried the cross for Christ. And it's also believed that Rufus, following the footsteps of his father, the, his father who carried the cross for Christ, Rufus followed his father's footsteps in carrying the cross, Christ carrying out the cross by being a pastor. What's kind of interesting to me is if he's following in the footsteps of his father, I could make it a little stretch, but I just got to call this one out. Rufus is what we refer to today as a PK, a preacher's kid. And I know that sometimes preacher kids, man, uh, preacher's kids sometimes put up with a lot. They really do. But you're not anonymous. I don't know how many of you are out there, but a shout out to all the preacher's kids. Would you stand for a moment? Come on, preacher's kids. Come on, preacher's kids. All you preacher's kids, man. Oh, I forgot about Pastor Matt. You're a preacher's kid, man. Louise, you know what I'm saying when you put up with a lot. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about as preacher's kids. You have made some great sacrifices. You're not anonymous. You have a name. Carry out the heritage of your parents, man. Well, I think that's number 18, and there's 28, so we have 10 more. But the last are in groups. Here we go. Greet, Asyncritus, Philagon, Hermes, Petrobus, and Hermas. You know who these five guys are? They are the next contestants on the Bachelorette. He lists five guys. And the theory is either these are slaves who have now been set free who are in the church, or these five guys are church planters. 
I like to go with these five guys as church planters because I believe we need to remember not just our church, but we remember all the churches throughout New Jersey, all the churches throughout the United States, all the churches throughout this world who are making a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not anonymous, man. There are big churches and there are little churches. I don't like to think of big churches and little churches. I just like to think of all churches that are making a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he closes with these five. Philologus, Julia, that's believed that they're husband and wife. Phil is actually a relative of mine. Phil Hauer, Phil, we just changed it now. Philologus, Julia, Nearsus, Nearsus is a, a man along with his sister. It's believed that Nearsus and his sister are the children of Philologus and Julia. And I just have to say, thank God for families in the church. Families are not anonymous, man. Families are important to the building of the church. And Olympus, well, who's Olympus? Olympus, they believe, is a part of this core group that became very valuable to the church at Rome. Now, this is what I have found so amazing, so mind-boggling. Paul has never visited the church at Rome. Paul is on Corinth, writing to the church at Rome, on his way to Jerusalem, and then his intent was to sail to Spain, and on his way to Spain, take his first visit at church at Rome. And this is what I'm thinking. If Paul has never been to the church at Rome before, how did he know all these people in the church before the days of social media, Facebook, Instagram? Think about it. Isn't it amazing that these influential people in the church who were not anonymous to God, were not anonymous to Paul, through word of mouth, through stories, through hearing, Paul heard the stories behind every name. There's a story. And our story needs to be told. And he closes, as we said last week. Greet one another. I know this starts to scare you a little bit. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All right, if you don't greet one another with a holy hug, greet one another with a holy handshake. Greet one another with greetings. Greet one another. It doesn't say give one another a handshake, give one another a hug, give one another a kiss, a holy kiss. It says, greet one another. What's Paul saying? Even though I've never been to your church and I know you by name, greet one another by name. Know one another's names because everyone likes to go to a place where they're not anonymous, but they're known by their name.
It's so powerful to come in from outside the world with all the troubles and the hardships and to come into a safe haven. Hey, Bob, man, I appreciate you. Good to see you. hear what he calls me? Boss. Boss. <laughs> Bill really enjoyed your fellowship yesterday. Mike, God bless you, man. Been with us a long time, man. Greet one another. Good morning, Dorsh. Dorish. Got it. There's something powerful when you go to a place and you're no longer anonymous, but you're known by name. Would you pray with me?